And welcome to the Spirit of Prophecy Church. It is my privilege to pray for and introduce my lovely wife, Prophet Leslie Johnson. She's going to be speaking on honest faith and honest truth. Lord, we ask for your anointing on Prophet Leslie. Fill her mouth and her heart with your fire and your words and help us to remember and get prepared for the things ahead. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. I don't get a kiss. Wow. 41 now, almost. Okay, there we go. Just had to make sure that was still there. Up a little bit. So anyway, I am going to talk about honest faith, honest truth. You might be going, that's kind of strange to be saying that. But um, when I was in, actually in Honduras in October, it was like, I mean, just over and over, I kept getting this in my spirit. It was like, you want honest faith. You want true faith. Yeah. Yeah. So Yeah. Yes, Lord. You want honest truth, honest, uh, and you want you want honest truth, and you want the real truth. I said, yes, I do. And so it kept on and on. I was like, what is going on? I mean, I, you know, we tell everybody, you know, the truth will make you free, and we want to speak truth in this church, and and we want to make sure that that we're doing it right, and when we find out we're not, we're going to come and tell you if we if we find out from the scriptures differently. And so I was like, what is going on? So then I began to do the study about this. You think there's a study about honestly, you know, honest and truth and faith? Yes, there is. So let me just kind of go over this. The reason you have your little three-by-five card, the ones that are here at church, and I just ask those that are watching this at home, to just get you a piece of paper on one side of the piece of paper write down, uh, honest, and on the other side, write down faith and draw a line down the middle because you're going to put little marks like, you know, one, two, three, four, five, one, two, three, four, five, um, just to keep it separated. So, on, so honest on one side uh, and um, uh, faith on the other side. All right. And so then when, as we go through this, I want you to make a mark as, wow, that sounds like me. That sounds like me. Because we're going to find the difference between, like, what is faith and what is truth here this morning. So um, I guess I should have said you're supposed to write down truth and then also faith. Is that right? No, honest. Sorry. Honest. Honest and also faith. There we go. So anyway, the truth is we're supposed to be honest, right? What is honesty? You know, what? how can we tell if we're really being honest with somebody? Well, first let's talk about the differences between faith and trust. Now, Faith is trusting in something without evidence, right? It's like you have the faith. You don't have to have evidence of anything. You just have faith. If that's you, then put a mark. Faith is also loyal. You're very loyal in your actions. Uh, honest is being truthful and also being dependable in our behavior. And honest is having good intentions. Did I tell you all to do the right thing? <clears throat> faith on one side and honest on the other side. Okay. Uh, being truthful is also being dependable. Also, honest is having good intentions. So which one sounds like you more? Honest faith doesn't mean that you're, you don't have faith if you're honest. It doesn't mean that you, you know, <clears throat> you're not honest if you have faith. So that's, it doesn't matter about that. I'm not trying to, to say you're not either one of these or you're more, we're going to find out if you're more one than the other is what we're trying to do this morning. <clears throat> in the scriptures, as we should all know, in Hebrews 11:1 1 says, "Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, and the evidence of things not seen." Right? So that's what the the Word of God says. That's our basis here. So that's what faith is. Faith. All right, faithful people. Faithful people 
Are they honest? Uh, faithful people, do they keep their promise? Faithful people, do they do what they say they will do? Honest people. Honest people do keep their promises. Honest people do what they say they will do. Honest people respect themselves and they will not deceive others. I don't see anybody marking down either way here. So you're not, so if this is you, just put a mark. However many marks you need to put down. Truth. In Isaiah 5, 20 through 23, it says, Woe unto them that call evil for good, evil good and good evil, that put darkness for light and light for darkness, that put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Woe unto them that are wise in their own eyes and prudent in their own sight. Woe unto them that are mighty to drink wine and men of strength to mingle strong drink. In other ways, they, you know, they pride themselves, I can mix up a really good drink. You know, I can drink this, this alcoholic drink that I'm mixing up. I'm the best at it. You got to have this. You got to try this. You know, be careful. Because here in the scriptures, it tells us to be careful. Woe to you. Which justify the wicked for reward and take away the righteousness of the righteous from him. In other words, they free the guilty for a bribe and deny justice to the innocent. That's what many of the, the lawyers and the judges, the, in the judges system that we do here. Um, so they take a bribe and they free the, the guilty, but the, the innocent, they're, they're taken into custody. So many times we see that kind of thing. So this is what we're seeing happening more and more into our lives today. I think you can agree with me is that we are seeing they are changing the words backwards. In other words, they're calling evil. That's what's good. They're calling good evil. In other words, for me, for example, um, I'll just talk about me. So I would say I'm against abortion. Well, you know, that that's to me the saying I'm against, you know, abortion. That means that I'm doing this. It's good because of what I'm saying. But they're trying to say in society today and on the news and in the movies and everything else out there that this is actually I'm evil for even saying that. Right. They're switching it around. Uh, they're putting darkness in there instead of bringing the light into the world. They're, they're making um, our young children to not know what is right, what is wrong, um, who to believe, who not to believe. It's kind of just all mixed. Now, faith. Let's talk about this. Faith equals effort. In other words, if you have faith, you it, it takes work. <laughs> it takes work to have effort. Uh, and you can't expect the same level of faith drawn back to you. Like if your faith is, you're praying for someone, for example, you have a lot of faith, you can't expect that to be reciprocated. Faith is beyond our understanding. Someone that has a lot of faith, uh, they, they don't have to understand, they just have faith. They don't have to understand how it all worked. You know, my mom would say, well, I just don't understand how all this electronic stuff works. I said, Mom, you don't have to know how to answer the phone. Just pick it up or why it works. Just pick it up. This is one that was rotary. Even then she would say, or the cell phone. Then we try to give her a cell phone. Well, I don't know how this, how it's supposed to work. I said, Mom, just push the button. <laughs> you don't have to understand. You want to give you a course on how they put this all together? No, I don't understand. I don't understand computer. You don't have to understand, Mom. You don't have to understand, okay? It's just a faith beyond our understanding. Honest people. Now, this I talked about faith. Now, I'm going to go to honest people. Honest people help others and may not know them. 
Honest people love the effort because they feel better in giving. There's a self-gratitude. It's almost like a martyr, martyrism. Um, it makes me feel good if I um, give, you know, food to the homeless. And I'm not saying we're not supposed to do that. We are. But I'm just saying it, it because we have to watch it. Is that because of self or is it because the Lord is asking you to do that? Uh, so make sure it's not just for self-gratitude or um, I'm going to take care of, of my mom or I'm going to go um, to a soup kitchen and feed them because it will make me feel better. So these these kinds of things, we have to be careful. Even if we're honest people, we can give, but it should not be because you're patting yourself on the back. You understand? Uh, honest people, they're truthful about thoughts and feelings. Faith. If sometimes your belief is not popular, uh, Stan, mark that down, a big one. Uh, faith is sometimes gives a difficult message. I'll write that one down. Faith is trust in the things we don't understand. Faith is knowing there is a plan. Faith is logic. It's an emotion. And faith can be shaken. So if this is you and your faith walk, then, you know, make, make some marks. Now, honesty can cause disappointment. So sometimes you're expecting it to be a certain way, and actually it turns out different. And so sometimes you can be very disappointed in the outcome. Uh, sometimes we're deceived. Uh, those, you know, honest people, you, you get deceived because you just have a, a trust, trustworthy of people. Uh, dishonest keeps feeling hidden from others. Dishonest means where we become resentful and angered if someone if dishonest with us. You know, I hate dishonesty. I hate being lied to. I mean, that's like number one to me. Don't lie to me. Just don't lie to me. Just tell me the truth. No matter how much it's going to hurt, just tell me the truth. It takes effort to be honest. Just like it takes effort to be faithful. To have faith, it takes effort. It takes effort to be honest. You think, it really? Think about it. It does. If we just be honest with ourselves this morning, ha-ha, honest with ourselves this morning, we'd know that it takes some effort. Faithful, these people, they're loyal to their belief. The faithful, they put others ahead of themselves. Now, let me ask you about this. So, somebody in... The LGBTQWXYZ group, whatever they are. Uh, you know, to them, they are very faithful to their, to their beliefs, right? So they're very loyal to their beliefs, right? And they think they're putting others ahead of themselves because that's what they're saying. So we always, we tend to think just faith is just Christians. Believe me, they have a lot of faith. They have a lot of faith in what they are doing. Just remember that. Faithful, they stand up for others even if they sacrifice safety themselves. Let me say it again. They'll stand up for others. Faithful, faithful people do. They stand up for the way of others because if they're about to get hurt, they're going to say, no, 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 no. And even if it means they're going to get hurt themselves. Even if they're going to get hurt. I remember a time when... Um, my uh, younger sister, she's not with us right now. She she uh, died a couple of years ago, and uh, she always had problems with drug and al- drugs and alcohol. But she was, you know, getting her life back together. And uh, my sister Kimberly and I went to go visit Lori, 
and I think she was living in, um, uh, what's that military place in near Temple? What is it called? I can't remember. Down. Oh, really? I wouldn't have known that. Any military state place near Temple, Texas, down south. Anyway, she uh, she was living there, and so uh, we we went to go see her and her children, and we went. She we were driving a truck, and so we went to go get gas, and all of a sudden, this um, <laughs> this <laughs> these guys, Lori was putting the gas in the car, and these guys started just really mouthing words to her, not being very nice to her, and about to like back their truck into her and my sister and I'm like what is going on and so my Lori is like you know we can't have them hitting my other you know my sister Kimberly's truck and so she gets in right in the way of them backing up <laughs> and hitting the truck like she was gonna take the hit instead of letting Kimberly's truck get hit I said Kimberly I mean Lori don't what are you doing you know the, we can get the truck fixed we might not be able to get you fixed but it was, it was just things like this. It was like, okay, she is she is very faithful to her sisters, and she wasn't going to let anything happen to them. So this is what a faithful person does. They they step right in front of the line of fire. Uh, honest. Did they? Did y'all get a three by five card, Eric? Yes. Okay. So you're supposed to mark. And so Beth, you can tell them. But okay, okay. Put faith and honest on each side. So start putting marks down, which is you, which sounds more like you. Honest people. They do what is right no matter the consequence. Honest people, they're truthful even if it hurts other people's feelings. Mm. That dress is the ugliest thing I've ever seen in my life on you. Don't y'all ever say that to me. No, I'm kidding. Don't need to be that honest around here. So it's like, you know, you look really fat in that today. Yeah, that'll hurt my feelings, right? So we can't, we, we are, we are, to me... <laughs> But that's what they, these these really honest people, they think they're doing somebody a favor by saying these kinds of things. You know, they don't care if they hurt. Well, I shouldn't say they don't care, but it doesn't. it's not a priority that, to them if they hurt somebody else's feelings. All right. Faithful in loyalty, honesty. They have a lot of, they, they never give up, really, either whether you're faithful, especially faithful people, you just don't give up. Honesty, honest people are more selfish than that. Uh, they might give up. Uh, honest will not, well, uh, honest, not everyone will like or do what you say or what they don't like everything that happens. They're not, sometimes they might not appreciate you because they're just going to be honest with you, right? Honest builds trust in long-lasting relationships, however, more than somebody that's just faithful. Faithful people sometimes is um, not a priority to them to have uh, a lot of friends are long-lasting relationships. Faithful people, they're more optimistic. Uh, they try. They tend to see um, the beauty out there. They tend to see, you know, not the negative. They, they are definitely more optimistic. The honest people are more pessimistic. Faithful are more trusting than honest people. They trust they trust people, sometimes, many times, to the hurt. Faith, they believe that anything is possible. Faithful make better decisions, usually, uh, than just honest people. Because what they're honest is 
might not be the best outcome. But faithful people seem to make better decisions. Faithful achieve goals. The faithful people out there, they're very goal-oriented, and they are going to make sure they get that next goal. That's Leslie Man. Chuck that one down, chuck that one down, chuck that one down. So it's like she's always been that way, hasn't she? Like go, 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 and um, she would she'd get them. Honest people, though, they're more realistic. Uh, they they take less risk. Uh, honest people are more cautious. Honest people are usually more successful, and honest people rely on their own skills instead of. Uh, relying on somebody else to do it many times. Now, you're going to find that you're going to have marks on each side, but we're going to see which ones you have maybe have more on here in a little bit. All right, faithful people and honest people. Faithful people trust others even there's a, even when there's a reason not to. That's true. They Faithful people trust them. They just trust them. That's just what they do. Uh, faithful people believe in the goodness of others. They tend to see all the good, not the negative, not the bad. That's what faithful people do. Faithful people are even are loyal even when someone doesn't deserve it. Man, that's me. You treat me right, no matter what you've done to me in the past, I'm going to be loyal till I have to say, that's it. And I've had to do it a couple times. I didn't like it. But loyalty is very big in, in, in me. Uh, faithful people are more likely to success, to be successful and they're loyal. Honest people trust their own ideas more than they trust others. We kind of said that. Honest people are better at getting things done because they don't rely on the other people. We kind of already said that. All right, now, is honesty the best policy? You know, you've heard Mama say that, right? Honesty is the best policy out there. All right, honesty, if we have honesty, we're going to build the trust of others, true? If we're honest with somebody and it's over and over and over again, you're honest with them, they're going to start saying, well, this person's not so bad after all. I guess I could trust them. Uh, honesty might not help you with what you want. Like it not, might not be your desire, but honesty is going to say it's going to help somebody else. Uh, honesty builds lasting relationships there. And honesty wins the respect. So if you have honest faith, if you have, you know, honest uh, truth there, you're going to be able to be more respected in, with people. Uh, honesty means you're reliable. Honesty means you have integrity. Honesty means you will not compromise. And honesty means we will be content. Faithful. Again, what's the difference? Faithful people, they're consistent. Faithful always do what they say they'll do, and they don't change their minds. Faithful people are reliable. Faithful people are trustworthy. Faithful people make good partners. Uh, and fa again, faithful people are loyal. Faithful people make good partners. They don't usually um, jump to the next person, like in a relationship, over and over and over again. A faithful person is going to sometimes, again, to their to their hurt, They'll just stay along with it. The faithful, they set a good example for others. And also faithful people, they don't betray. Faithful are honest with themselves and others. Faithful admit their mistakes. You need to be marking that one down for faithful. That's you really saying that he, he will, he's, 
He'll make a mistake, and he, he does admit it. I do appreciate that. Faithful strive to not... Faithful, faithful strive to not repeat their mistakes. Uh, faithful take responsibility for their own actions. And faithful don't blame others for their decisions. Like it's my decision, it's not yours. I made the mistake, so I own it. Honest truth. Now, we want honest truth, correct? I believe I want honest truth. I truly do lord that's me i want the honest truth and nothing but the truth so help me god honest truth i don't want to be believing a lie out there i want the honest truth and i want to be somebody that's honest i want to be somebody that's truthful i want to be someone that's faithful uh so this definition is if you describe someone as honest you mean that they always tell the truth and do not try to deceive people or break the law well, she shouldn't have put the break the law in there. Speeding, hmm. right? If we're honest, we're not going to do these kinds of things. Honest with everything in life. Honesty. It's honesty again. It takes effort. It takes effort to be honest. It takes effort to be faithful. <laughs> you don't try to deceive somebody, but you do sometimes. Turn me up just a hair. Turn me up a hair. Come up here. All right, now, is there such a thing as a false truth and an honest lie? Yeah. They honestly are telling you what they think is true, but it's actually a lie. Two wrongs don't make a right. Two lefts don't make a right. So what is a false truth? Something, something that many people can believe in, something that's not necessarily true. Cannot be substantiated with facts to back it up. I mean, true facts. Nonsense facts. It can't be backed up, right? It's like, this is ridiculous. Like the, the, the moon is blue, or the moon is green, or there really is a man on the moon. You know, they'll find, you can find just about whatever you want on the Internet these days. Oh, by the way, yeah, we've been believing this lie. It's really not, you know, it's, it has to, it has, it changes colors. You know, it's like multicolored, whatever. So if, if you believe in something strong enough, then it becomes your truth. It becomes your reality. Then that statement would be true to you and then possibly to many because you start convincing others. But it doesn't mean that it's the truth. You understand what I'm trying to say? It doesn't mean that it's the truth. Uh, many may disagree because they have their own truth as well. For example, like the um, transgender that's their truth. It's the, to them, their reality means that they can be changed or they weren't born a male or a female or we don't, we, we, you know, we, we don't have to put the definition of what a woman is. Uh, we can also have our uh, spirit animal about us. We can go, this is what they're doing in school and they have been for years. What is your spirit animal, children? And then they have to pretend that's their spirit animal. Now we have what they call um, Furbies, furries, or whatever going around the schools carrying their own litter boxes. Yeah, I just heard this. This is what happens. There's a, a friend of mine with her son in um, high school in McKinney, and so he, he wanted to stay home from school one day, and she said, well, no, you need to go to school. And he goes, you're really going to make me go to school where there's 
furbies or furries, I guess I called them, furries walking around. She said, what are you talking about? She says, yeah, they dress up like cats and they carry their little box, litter box all around because that's their spirit animal. And she's like, what? But that's their truth. They, they can, you know, they can relate to the cat or they can relate to a, being a dog or they can relate to what? A monkey? I don't know. This is so dumb to me. But it becomes their reality. So therefore, it's their truth. And they have faith in that. And because they're, they're honestly telling a lie, but honestly, they think they're telling the truth. It's just like, you know, again, the transgenderism, they think that they're telling the truth. But here's our God. Here's our God. What is it saying here? This is the Holy Bible. What's it say? This is our guide. We should know what is truth by our guide. Not whatever we want to believe. Not whatever we want to make our reality to be. We should make sure that it's in the Bible. And then people will probably disagree with you. We see it happening more and more today. Lawyers. (laughs) Do they have to be honest? You know, they actually, they can be, um, they can be truthful. They can be honest and just state only some misleading facts sometimes. It's not a lie, but they're just going to, they're really good at misleading you to think that that is the truth. Um, mistaking honesty for truthfulness leads to deception. You know, when we want to sound honest, you know, we're going to use these gestures. I'm honestly telling you the truth. We raise our voice. Really, I mean, really, this is the truth. What do you want me to say? It is the truth. Right? Uh, Yes, I'm sure. I'm really, I'm sure. I mean, really, I'm so sure about this. It's the honest truth. You have to hear my heart on this. They sound honest, and then they said research. I don't know what that is. <laughs> I think I mis- made a mistake there. Oops. Honestly, I made a mistake, Stan. Many, it's a <laughs> Honestly, it's the first time I've ever made a mistake. And now it's open out there, and the whole world can see. Yeah, you finally made a mistake. I've been waiting for it all you know, we have to sound honest, but sometimes we're not telling the truth, right? Right? Honest children, there is a Santa Claus. I promise there's a Santa Claus. Okay. I'll move along. Uh, truth and honesty. Truth refers to absolute reality of the facts. Now, again, you can get your reality, your facts over and over on the Internet, but what does this say? What's this say? That's where you need to go. Um, we have, you know, honesty. We have to be sincere. Honesty represents accurate information. And if we don't have the accurate information, then we're not going to have the truth. You know, somebody could say about uh, with Stan, well, he teaches uh, there's not a pre-trib. Well, if you, okay, you challenge him, not me. I'm not going to. 
You try to challenge this man who's been studying it for 40 years and has backup, backup after backup, has scripture memorized, scripture memorized after scripture memorized after scripture memorized over and over and over again. And then you still want to believe your own reality. You still want to believe your own truth. Even if it ruffles your feathers, you're not going to go see. But what does this say? I'd rather, I'd rather believe what I want to believe because it sounds better than believe this. You know, we had a women's uh, party yesterday and we were talking about, you know, sometimes when, especially in our ministry, you know, the more truth we get, the more honest stuff we get and finding out it's against the Bible, like the Christmas trees, etc. It kind of takes the fun out of stuff. <laughs> and so, you know, it's like, no more Halloween. We can't worship the devil anymore. <laughs> you know? <laughs> you know? So I'll give you a candy bar. I mean, I took my kids. I said, okay, your kids are coming out of school today. We're going to go uh, to a movie, and you can have a couple of pieces of candy. You choose what kind of candy you want. That's what they want anyway. Right? And the kids like to dress up. Okay, you can dress up other days of the year. Okay? Just dress up. You, I don't care. Go have fun. Nothing evil. Right? I mean, they, they like to play dress up. So we were talking about yesterday how, you know, it's almost sad sometimes because it's like, well, now I can't do anything at Christmas. And like Gloria was saying, man, now I know. I can, like I said, you can make it look like Christmas throw up in your house. <laughs> All the glitter and everything. You know, just make it festive, but it doesn't have to have the tree, right? You can have a winter wonderland, which is what we usually do. Um, anyway, so, you know, reality, it hurts sometimes. You know, the truth hurts. But I'm under the opinion for myself, I want to know what this says. And it means I have to let go of some stuff. I guess I'll let go. It means I have to let go of some friends. I have to let them go. It means I have to let go of um, my attitude. I'll let it go. It means that I can't just say, well, this is how God made me and this is the way I am anymore. Actually, you know, God didn't make you that way. You made yourself that way. Parents made you that way. Devil made you that way. So change, right? If you have to change, you change. You become more godly, more righteous. You know, you don't say, well, God made me this way and I can cuss if I want. Okay. You go right ahead. That's what your belief is. You go right ahead. Let's see how close you can get to be with the Lord. Maybe you don't care. Maybe you just have your ticket into heaven. But for me, in my reality, my truth is I want many crowns. And so I want to know what this guidebook says. You know, some people are, um, like in school, they do exactly like the teacher says, do their homework, you know, follow the outline, do, get the A. Anybody like that? One hand went up. <laughs> I like to because my hand went up too, right? So, you know, it's like I, I want to know what's going to please them. I want to I wanna know what's going to, you know, get that good grade. Now, I might not remember it tomorrow, but I'm going to get that A, <laughs> right? Of course, you remember it though. 
me, it's it's gone. Um, you know, it's kind of like I had a I had to take uh, physics, and I was like, ah, I don't understand this, and I don't care to understand this. Who cares? You know how long it takes that feather to fall to the ground? I don't really care. You know, or geometry or something like that. I don't really care about the angle of that that box. I don't care. I'm not going to use it anyway, right? But I have honestly, I had a good teacher, and he was a good professor, and so um, he made it fun, and so I was able to get that A. Now, as soon as I got out of the class, I couldn't tell you a thing. And I didn't care to ever remember a thing either. Um, uh, honesty re- represents accurate information. Honesty is somebody that's very sincere. Now, I want to tell you a few things. A few things because I'm just going to be honest with you. Y'all like these words I keep using today? <laughs> I'm going I'm to tell you something about me. Yeah, not so good. Let me start with Sean first. So, Sean was about... <laughs> My husband's down kneeling, praying. That's all right. I'll, I'll talk about you too, Stan. Okay. <laughs> so Sean, my son, my oldest son, son he's about, mm, Sean is 40, 44 now. And so he uh, he was probably 19, 20 the most, uh, and he had an apartment. He was sharing an apartment with some friends in Topeka, Kansas. And he called me, he goes, Mom, I've got to preach tomorrow. And I said, oh, okay. I mean, he did every once in a while. He was, he was born to be a preacher. I mean, he was, he was a preacher since he was eight years old. And I said, okay. And he was, came in, and he was pretty shaken that day. But he was, I mean, he was ready to get up there, and he gave the, me- the best message I think I've ever heard in my life. And the title of was, Never Again. So how many of you are going to have never-agains? How many of you had never-agains already in your life, right? Never again, never again, never again, never again. So he came in, and he started to give this this talk on never again. Really convicted people. And they really came in down, and they prayed. And I knew, I knew from the, the what the Lord was saying, plus just being a mom, what had really happened. But he never, ever said what he was never going to do again. But I knew. And he asked me years later, he said, do you know what happened? And I said, yeah. He said, tell me. So I told him. He goes, how would you know? And I said, well, first of all, I'm a mom. <laughs> Second of all, I'm a prophet. <laughs> and he said, mom, that was, the weirdest, that was the weirdest day of my life because I did something with my friends I shouldn't have done. And I was so convicted. I didn't sleep all night. I was like, this message about never again was coming out. And he says, I, I had to share it with people because we all have never agains. And he said, I was so convicted. More, more than just what I had done. Just more than what I had just succumbed to. He said, I was convicted because I looked around in that room of my friends. And he said, I led every one of them to the Lord. They were my sheep. And he said, and I went the devil's route. I went with them instead of being the leader and saying, no, we're not going to do that. I followed them. I was so convicted 
so hurt at what I had done before the Lord. And sometimes we have to ask ourselves that. You know, what kind of witness are you being? What what are we doing out there in the world? You know, some say, I want to be a minister. You know, ministry is not easy. It's very difficult. And you have to get rid of a lot of stuff. And the closer you get to the Lord, the more stuff you got to get rid of. It keeps going in big old piles, doesn't it, man? Over and over. I mean, big piles. And it's like, ah, ah, no, can't do that either. Uh, can't wear heels. No I'm kidding. Ooh. I mean that we get rid of stuff, but our witness is so important. So that's what I'm trying to talk about today. If we'll be honest with ourselves, if we'll truly be those faithful people that God has called us to be, then. We're going to change how we're witnessing out there just by our character. Not leading, not just going up and leading someone to the Lord, but I mean just by our character. How do they know you? How do you represent yourself? Because guess what? He's looking. Always looking. Always looking. You know, what gates are you opened, opening? You know, you're going to open that gate or you're going to close it? You're going to open that gate or you're going to close it? You're going to open that gate or you're going to close it? Open that gate or you're going to close it? Open that gate or you're going to close it? Open the gate or you're going to close it? Whatever that gate is that you're opening, you got to close it. If it's not a good witness to the Lord, if it is not becoming to the Lord, if it's not following the guidelines of this Bible right here, the King James Bible, by the way, You know, Tony's wife, Breda, told me, she said she learned to speak English by reading the King James Bible. She's been listening to the, the music and the scriptures, you know, when she's going to sleep. And she's like, that's not King James. Huh? And she starts quoting the right verse back to it. And she says, the King James is. And I was like, I was so impressed. I thought that's how she learned it. She gets it inside of her. That's what we need to do. Do you have a spirit of lust on you? Be careful. If there's something being, you know, all the time, just, man, this, this man or this female, they just keep on me. It just, they just want me all the time. I'm like, well, what are you walking around? What kind of, what are you displaying out there? You know, we have to, we can't be just, we can't be patting ourselves on the back about that. How are we dressing? Right? Now, let me talk to you about, uh, or the marriage bed. We'll just talk about that real quick. The marriage bed. Guess what? If it's not pleasing to the Lord, you shouldn't be doing it. If it's not in here, you shouldn't be doing it. Shouldn't be doing it. He's watching. He's watching. That pornography, he's watching you. Does that convict you now? I hope so. Okay, I'll get off of that. I'll talk about me now. San Antonio. <laughs> I was invited to speak in San Antonio, and so a couple, a friend of ours, and two, a husband and wife, Leslie Ann went, Stan and I went, to, we thought we'll just go to San Antonio, also maybe stay a couple extra days, have a good time. We spoke at this church, weird church, weird, 
I don't know how they got my name, how they wanted me there, why they wanted me there. They wanted me to talk on the Holy Spirit. I remember that. And I'm like, okay, I can come and talk on the Holy Spirit. Got into this weird church. Remember that church, Sin? Weird. And so um, I thought, as I'm sitting there, and they had, they, they had pulled me up on stage prior to everything, like before they took the offering, before they marched in <laughs> and everything, um, uh, singing and dancing. They were just doing weird stuff. They were, um, I thought to myself, I thought, hmm, I don't know that they're going to like what I have to say about the Holy Spirit. <laughs> I, I, I don't know that this is going to be very well received here, but okay, that's what they asked me in for, so okay, because I know I did have to talk about Kundalini, right? So this is the false Holy Spirit. This is the true Holy Spirit. So I'm speaking, and there you could have heard a pin drop about the whole time I was there. They took up an offering. They gave me an offering at the end. We, I got 200 bucks. <laughs> I thought, well, at least they gave me something, I guess. So I said, guys, I said, I'm going to use this offering. Let's go, let's go down to the river walk, and we're going to go have dinner on me, at least $200 worth. Going to be on me. So we go to the river walk. It was, uh, it was Mark, this married couple and then Leslie on one side of the table, standing on the other side of the table. And so um, my, our friends, they had ordered a drink or beer or something like that. So it's okay. Well, so they said, they kept on me and on me. Leslie, you need to order a margarita. You'll really like it, a frozen margarita. Oh, well, I mean, I'm not a drinker. Praise God, I don't really like the taste, but I'm not a drinker. So I said, okay. Well, it tastes like an icy, they said. And I said, okay. So uh, they come out with this big bowl, this frozen margarita, big bowl. And I'm like, oh, wow, okay. So I took the first sip, and I was like, it does taste like a Slurpee. <gasps> Oh, yeah, this is lemon. Kind of lemon lime. This does take a therapy. I'll take another one. Yeah, that tasted good. Took the Thursday, but I don't feel very good. My Leslie Ann and the, the couple on the other side were going like they were moving back and forth. And I'm like, my head is spinning. I'm on fire all over. I have a headache just. A massive headache, and I was about, I just I thought ah, this I'm, I'm going to die. I mean, I really did. I thought I was going to die, and so Stan turned to me and he said, "Leslie, are you okay?" And that's at that same time that he said those words. This couple walking down Riverwalk, you know, everything's outside. Walking down past our table, turned and went, oh, "You're Stan Johnson with the Prophecy Club." Here I am with this people, this big margarita. Here's my, ah, ah, ah. I'm like, oh my, I was so embarrassed. I think Stan was like, I think he was like, no, no, I don't know that guy. I, I, don't, I don't know him. And so it's like, man, you don't think God will reveal you? You don't think he will? <laughs> Even though I don't like to drink it, I'll never do it again. It didn't matter. My witness went out the door, out the window. I thought, if I get up, I don't know that I can walk this river walk. And I know I can't walk on water. 
Because if I fall in, it ain't going to walk. I'm going to sink. It was so, so bad. So I found out that tequila and me are not friends. We are not, we are enemies. We are not friends at all. And so I was like, okay, that taught me something. Now, Stan, this isn't, hasn't happened just once. This hasn't, not that we, we had, praise God, that was the only time that I was doing something wrong, right? To embarrass my husband or Stan was doing something wrong. It was like, because it happens all the time. These people were from Canada. Canada. In San Antonio, Texas. We were in um, Colorado. And I don't remember where those people were, but they were from like New York in the grocery store. I'm like, man, God is going to let you know. <laughs> Guess what? He's going to show you. He's going to show who you are. He's going to show who you are. So be careful. You know, be careful. Again, the closer you get with the Lord, those things have to go. It has to go. You want the anointing on you? You say, I've got a lot of anointing? Okay, good. Well, I'm telling you, if you want more anointing, if you really want to hear from God, especially those that are the prophetic, you've got to let it go. I'm, I'm, you, you might like to drink, but you've got to let it go. There's going to be a day he's going to say, no more, never again. I'm telling you. I'm just telling you. I like to smoke every once in a while. I'm telling you. He's going to say, never again. You know, like Dimitri said, if, if he meant for you to smoke, he would have put a chimney on your head. Right? So if you have a chimney on your head, then smoke. Be all right with me. But don't drink that tequila. You'll throw up. I never did throw up, but I was sick. It, is, it was really an allergic reaction. It was horrible. I mean, I only had three sips. But it was worse. Of, the worst part of it was I was a horrible witness before the Lord. Because in ministry, you're expected to be more. So if you want to be in ministry, it's going to be, you're going to be respected to be different. You're going to be respected, expected to be, um, a whole changed person and to, well, especially ministry, but you know, because some people were training equipping church. That's why I'm saying this. Your witness is very important. But if you're going to be Christian too, if you're going to call yourself a Christian, you have to set aside, you have to be the leader, the leader, not, not come to the enemy side, right? And that is, you know, in the Bible, this is not to drink in excess. Okay. Well, I never heard in the Bible, never read in the Bible that Jesus walked around drunk. Never read that he smoked. So we just have to be careful. Know you not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you, but you are washed. Are you washed? Stay washed. But you are sanctified. You are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of God. Now, notice that didn't just say, but it says, as such were some of you. In other words, you didn't just go back to it just because you got your ticket to heaven. You didn't get, you didn't say, Jesus, come into my heart, my life, be my God, and, you know, say, I'll never, 
drink again or I'll never take that um, smoke again or I'll never take that drug again or I'll never smoke that weed again. I'll never do that again. And then tomorrow you decide, well, since I'm a Christian now, I'll go do it. But for those that are, especially those that are being trained and equipped for ministry, it's not easy. You have to get rid of stuff. You have to be that example. You have to be that witness everywhere you go. And do I do it every time? No, I wish I would. I would like to say Leslie, Stan always says, Leslie's perfect. That's a joke. He's not being honest with you. (laughs) Truth is, I'm not, but I try. You cannot drink the cup of the Lord or the cup of devils. You cannot be partakers of the Lord's table, the table of devils. So what atmosphere are you in? What atmosphere are you created in? Be a good witness. Do we provoke the Lord to jealousy? Are we stronger than he? Then Romans 13, 13, let us walk honestly as in the day. Not in rioting and drunkenness, not in chambering, in other words, excessive indulgence for guilty pleasure and wantonness or other sexual immorality, not in strife, not in envy. You want the anointing? Never again. You want to be a good witness? Every day. You want to minister? Hopefully everybody does. Then you got to leave the past. You have to do your changes. Look at your card. How many found that they were more faithful than honest? That doesn't mean you're not honest. I'm just saying, yeah, faithful more than honest. Count them right quick. Count. Faithful people? Honest? I always found out that I was more honest. I mean, more faithful. You're more honest. That's what I told State. You're what? More what? Honest? Honest? I found I was more faithful. I was, I was surprised. It doesn't mean I'm not honest. And it doesn't mean that Sam's not, they had none of faith. But he just, I knew that he would. I told him this morning. I said, you're going to find out that you'll be more the honest person. Anyway, I hope this helped you today. Basically, I wanted to just end this. And I know I'm running a little bit late. But in this, if you want prayer, if you just need to come to the altar and say, Lord, I just, I have, I have messed up. I am never agains, whatever those never agains are, and then make that your plea today before the Lord. I don't know if you could put just some worship music on for a moment, but never agains. Anybody have any never agains? And just come and lay down at the altar. And those of you that are watching online, just lay it down. Just lay it down, and I'll be happy to pray for you. Hallelujah. Lord, I thank you for this time. Lord, I I, I thank you for the conviction even you put on my life and my heart. I thank you for it, Lord, because there should be never agains in our life a lot. Help us to walk closer to be like you. Help us to become more like you. Help us to understand what it really means to be holy. Help us to understand what it means to really be righteous before you, Lord. We give you praise, Lord, this morning. In Jesus' name. God bless. Come up if you like prayer or.
just on your own, you can come and pray. Well, welcome to Spirit of Prophecy Church. We're happy to have you here this morning joining us and those online. Welcome. I'm so grateful that you're uh, watching us. If you didn't see the 930 service, I encourage you to go back and watch that. All right. So there are, it's the first of the month, so there are a lot of announcements. So be ready, Kenji and Katie. I'm about to hand y'all some things to start handing around, okay? All right. So we're going to first do the sign-up sheet for handing around for people I signed up for next week, but we do need someone to bring it for the 17th. Also, this one here, this is for the men's party uh, at Stan in my house on Saturday from 5 to 9, so if you can hand that to your mom, or not to your mom, to Katie to hand out. If you have not signed up, men, and you want to come, I need your name on this sheet, Okay. Michael, will you take this? Hmm? I know, right? And don't leave your flyers here. <laughs> take them home. Have you ever heard of that uh, tape? Have you ever heard of that word? <laughs> to maybe your refrigerator or your mirror so you don't forget? You ever use that? No? Sometimes. Sticky notes, those are good too. All right, let me talk about this. Okay, this month is, whose birthdays are in December, by the way? Okay, Vincent, Katie, and Hope, and Annie, and Leslie Ann, anybody else? There's lots of birthdays. I think I was supposed to bring her a present. Do I have her present here? Are you coming any more this month? I'll see. I might have brought it. Because we got to sing happy birthday to her today, right? Okay. So this is for Annie's birthday party. Where it's going to be on uh, December the 17th. She's turning 60. And so we get to party. We get to party with her. So if you can hand those around. And this is just a flyer. Michael, I'll let you head that out. And this is the December schedule. And no, not January. Yeah, January. December and January schedule. So thank you, my beautiful ladies up here. I do appreciate it. Let's give them a warm welcome. Thanking them for all they do. Can you take those and hand them around? Thank you, Noel. Oh, wait, where's your one more? Hey, Noel, stay here. Stay here, Noel. Okay, this is for our chili contest. We have the world's greatest cooks, I promise you. And it's a real treat when we get to have a chili contest. That's going to be on January the 28th. So sign up to make your chili, and maybe you'll win the prize. It's always a fun thing. All right, there you go, Noel. I'll let you go hand that around so they can sign that. Okay, Hope, you want to come up here? Can you hand me my billfold stand? You want mama to come with you? You want to come up here with me? We want to sing happy birthday to you. Get your money out, Stan. Who do you want to bring up here? She doesn't want to come by herself. (laughs) 
Get your money out. We have a special girl this morning. She's about to turn two. Yes. Yes, about to turn two on the 16th. 16th. I couldn't remember if it was the 17th or 16th. So we want to sing happy birthday to Hope and then bring up all your cash, credit cards, checks. Make them out to Hope. No kidding. Yeah, silver coins will do. Gold coins. A gold brick would be great. <laughs> All right, here's his hope. She's about to turn two. Let's sing. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear hope. Happy birthday to you. You want her sister, your sister, to get all your money? Or you want to take it? Here's some money, honey. <laughs> come up here a little closer so they can come up here. <laughs> All right, come and bless Hope. She's about to turn two. We got everybody? One more. <laughs> See, isn't this great? <laughs> All right, let me pray for you, Hope, okay? Can you hold my hand? Dear Lord, I just thank you so much for Hope. Lord, we ask that you give her long and healthy and prosperous life and give her many years to praise and worship you and to be a leader for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. <laughs> I'll help you down. Got it? All right. <laughs> All right, you get to go shopping, Hope. Hallelujah. All right, well, it's time for... Not yet. Offering. Before we do that, let's stand. Let's pray. We'll get our service going. Everybody stand. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much so we can come here, humbly come here before you today and to praise you, to worship you, to love you. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, you're welcome in this place. Guide us to your truth. Guide us to your honesty. Help us to know what is truth and your faithfulness, what faith means, and help us to be faithful to you, Lord. Lord, for those that are sick, Elaine and Breda and others that are watching online, Lord, we just declare a mighty miracle, a healing to their bodies right now in Jesus' name. Give them faith. Give them strength and their families' faith and strength. Also, Marty's sister, Lord, we pray for a healing, a miracle there. We thank you for it, Lord. And, Lord, I thank you for the miracle that you did for my interpreter in Honduras, Julie, that's pregnant. I thank you, Lord, that there's a new little Leslie coming into the world in April. <laughs> praise the Lord. Lord, we give you praise, honor, and glory for all that you're doing. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. You doing it? I'll do it. I'll take it. Okay, well, it's time for offering. 
And uh, I just also wanted to speak to those that are online. Just make sure that you are giving and partaking in this ministry also. If you're watching this online, uh, I encourage you to do that because, you know, where you're sowing your seed, you are partaking with that ministry. If you sow a seed and you believe in the post-trib, you don't believe in pre-trib, but you go to a pre-trib place and you sow there, you know, you're sowing into their belief. So I encourage you to, to find out what are, what are our beliefs here. We believe in the, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We train and equip. We don't believe in pre-trib rapture. And so we're a prophetic ministry, and if you believe in those type of ministries, then we encourage you to sow into that, that ministry. Because then you become a partaker. You become a partaker with that ministry. So I encourage you to give also those online. You know, I should pick this up before I come up here. It would be a lot easier, wouldn't it? <clears throat> Lord, we love you. We love you. We love you and we believe you. When you said that we should prove you, you prove us. You put us through tests. And you say in Malachi 4.3 that we are to prove you. Prove me now herewith. I will not open up the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing and not be room enough to receive. And Lord, in my opinion, you've already blessed the Johnsons. And the Spirit of Prophecy Church and Prophecy Club and the other ministries you've given us many times. You've blessed us many times, far more than we've earned or deserved. And it is our pleasure and our honor to give back to you. And we know that this will find the place that you designed it to be. Because when we give to you, you watch over it. Amen. And Lord, we ask you to watch this and to see that this goes to build your kingdom. Bless the people back in Jesus' name. Amen. And Lord, just thank you. Just multiply this, Lord. Multiply and also multiply that which is coming in online. Lord, sow back to the people. Lord, he says that we reap what we sow. And so I pray for good reaping for these people. In the name of Jesus, amen. I am impressed to say something else while Leslie is up here. There's a scripture that says that women are not to teach and assert authority over the men. Well, there's a reason. That was said 2,000 years ago. In 2,000 years ago, women were not taught. They were not taught to read and write. They were more like broodmares and cattle. When they came in together, the women sat on one side. The other men sat on the other side. And that's the reason they said they're not to ask questions in church. It's not worded exactly right. But they're to ask their husbands at home because... 2,000 years ago, women were unlearned. But these days, men have to run really hard to keep up with them. And I'll say this, that a lot of churches, a lot of ministries out there would not exist if it did not have what happened to my volume. It would not exist without women. So women are very, very important in ministry. Sometimes we can let legalism get in the way of the true spirit of the word. Spirit of the word is Jesus wants us all worshiping him and serving him to the very best of our ability. He wants us doing everything we can to build his kingdom. Amen? Amen. So,
Thank you, Prophet Leslie. Thank you. I'm glad I'm not just a broodmare. That would not be fun. I know. He said, he had three children. He goes, he goes, uh, Leslie, just keep having them. I'm like, you know, you're not even here. You work out of town all week long, here on the weekends, and then you just get them riled up and play with them before they go to sleep. So, no, this isn't going to work. No more children. This is it. <laughs> Plus, it was kind of hard for me to have them anyway, but praise the Lord. But they are a blessing. They are a blessing. And the one thing you said you didn't say, but, you know, one reason the men, the, the women were supposed to ask the husbands at home because they'd have to yell across the room, hey, hubby over there. Yeah. What does it mean? Right? So, can't do that. Disrupted. Can't be disrupted. Anyway, well, God bless. We're about to take, uh, I guess now, do communion. Okay? Yes. Would you hand me my biblical there, please? <clears throat> if you have your Bible. <coughs> it should just fall open. It did. There we go. Okay, so this is real unleavened bread. Now, the reason I know it's unleavened bread is because I made it. So I can tell you how I made it. All I did was mix together whole wheat bread that I ground from the berries to the flour. Then I put in some water, and I put in some oil, and I put in a couple of tablespoons of lecithin. But other than that, it's all just unleavened bread. Did not put any yeast into it. And then I rolled it out, and I know what you're saying. You did this? Yeah, but it's the only thing I make. This, spaghetti, and rice, and sandwiches. That's all I can, that's all I cook. Anyway, so this is real unleavened bread, and hopefully it tastes better than those crackers we get. Lord, we thank you for this unleavened bread, which represents your body that was perfect and unleavened without sin. And this grape juice that represents your blood in Jesus' name. And they distribute it. Go ahead and distribute it. So as they distribute this, turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 11. And the way it, uh, it reads, we, we do this once a month, but when we do it, we... Take a, a moment to explain it. So in verse 34, 1 Corinthians eleven, thirty-four, it warns us, gives us a warning. Taking, We don't do a lot of rituals in Christianity, but this one we do. It says, this do in remembrance of me. And it gives us a warning that if we're hungry, we should eat at home. This is not about having a little snack at church. And children that have not accepted Jesus or anyone, that is not accepted Jesus should not take this. Because it says, For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily, verse 29, eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this cause, many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. What? Are you saying that we could actually get sick and even die if we take this unworthily? Well, I didn't say it. I didn't write stuff. I'm just a delivery boy. That's what it says, Right? He says, as often as you drink and eat this, they eat this bread and drink this cup, we're actually showing the Lord's death. In other words, we're remembering 
him being beaten, beard pulled out, thorns put on his head, humiliated, nailed to the cross. And by the way, when they nailed him to the cross, they, they were naked. So I mean, it was a really humiliating. And then where they put them was up at the most busiest place where the most people would have to walk by, not drive their car, <laughs> walk by to see it. So a lot of people would see that naked body hanging up there for generally it was two or three days before they would die. In the case of Jesus, it was only a few hours, but nevertheless. So what we're doing here is remembering the thing that set us free. Jesus talked about in a parable, he said that basically in so many words, it says the devil thought he was going to win. The devil thought, well, if I take the son of the king, then I have the kingdom. I can take the kingdom. He didn't understand by killing Jesus, what he did was kill his kingdom. By killing Jesus, what he did was open a door to allow us through the body and blood of Jesus to enter back into the light of life, the Father, and have eternal life. He opened a door for eternal life for us. So, in verse 24, Jesus handed this around. He said, take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you, this do in remembrance of me. And they all ate. It's like bread, doesn't it? No. No? Did it taste okay? Right? (laughs) It's a mouthful though, isn't it? After the same manner he took the cup, when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament of my blood. This do ye as often as as you drink it in remembrance of me. And Lord Jesus, we do remember you in Jesus' name. Time for praise and worship. Time for praise and worship. Time for praise and worship. Remember to make our guests feel welcome. That we're glad to have our guests. All right. Good morning, everyone. How are we today? Look at all these pretty little faces. <laughs> Good morning. Let's all stand. I see a bunch of uh, prey shields in the back not being used. If you would, go ahead and find one on the wall. We're going to praise and worship the Lord this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Brother Bowser, would you mind to come and demonstrate a little praise and worship with us this morning? Thank you, thank you. All right, let's pray and we'll get this praise and worship going. Our most gracious Heavenly Father, we boldly come before your throne room of grace and mercy, full of praise and adoration for who you are. We love you, we love you, we love you. We thank you so much for the opportunity to get to sing before you. We thank you that as a, as a family this morning, we can boldly come together, coupled arm in arm, and give you the praise and worship that you deserve 
to glorify you, your name. And we, we bow before you with all humility, honesty, full of faithfulness. And we love you, we love you, we love you. In Jesus' precious, holy, and powerful name we pray. Amen. All right, let's get started. Hallelujah. Everybody, let's clap our hands. Come on. Where's those praise shields? Let's get them going. Hallelujah. Hallelujah to the King. Hallelujah. Come on. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Great you are. Hallelujah. Here we go. Who am I that you are mindful of me? That you hear me when I call? Is it true that you are thinking of me? How you love me? It's amazing. Who am I that you are mindful of me? That you hear me when I call. Hallelujah. Is it true that you are thinking of me? How you love me? It's amazing. Tell him who you are. I am a friend of God. Mean it. Come on. I am a friend of God. I am a friend of God. He calls me friend. Receive it this morning. Come on. I am a friend of God. I am a friend of God. I am a friend of God. He calls me friend. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Who am I that you are mindful of me? That you hear me when I call. Hallelujah. Is it true that you are thinking of me? It's amazing, it's amazing, it's amazing, I am a friend of God, oh I am a friend of God, I am a friend of God, he calls me friend, he calls you his friend, hallelujah, I am a friend of God. I am a friend of God. Oh, I am a friend of God. He calls me friend. He calls me friend. He calls me friend. He calls me friend. Hallelujah. God Almighty, Lord of glory. Receive it today. Come on now. 
our Lord of glory, you have called me friend. Hallelujah. God Almighty, Lord of glory, you have called me friend. My best friend, hallelujah. God Quiet. We'll shout out your praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord. 
Our God is surely in this place, and we won't be quiet. We'll shout out your praise. We sing to the God who heals. We sing to the God who saves. We sing to the God who always makes a way. Because he hung upon the cross and he rose up from the grave. My God, still rolling stones away. joy in the house of the Lord. There's joy in the house of the Lord today. And we won't be quiet. We'll shout out your praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord. Our God is surely in this place. And we won't be quiet. Here we go. Come on. We'll shout out your praise. Hallelujah. We were beggars. Now we're royalty. We were the prisoners, now we're running free. We are forgiven, accepted, redeemed by His grace. Let the house of the Lord sing His praise. What are we? Now we're royalty. We were the prisoners, now we're running free. Forgiven, accepted, redeemed by His grace. Let the house of the Lord sing There's joy in the house of the Lord. There's joy in the house of the Lord today. And we won't be quiet. We'll shout out your praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord. Our God is surely in this place. And we won't be quiet. We'll shout out your praise. Let's join the house of the Lord today. And we won't be quiet. Here we go. Here it is. We'll shout out your praise. Let's join the house of the Lord. Our God is surely in this place. And we won't be quiet. We'll shout out your praise. Hallelujah. that joy upon him today, folks. Hallelujah. You carry it with you. Shout it out in Jesus' name. You are great and greatly to be praised.
So here I am to worship. Let's all bow down here today. Just to like bow this. Down. Bow before here the Lord. I am Almighty. To say that because you're my God. God. Hallelujah. You're all together lovely. Oh, you're so worthy, Lord. Hallelujah. You're worthy. Worthy. Worthy is the Lord. Worthy is the
is so willing to get upon that cross for us. We might receive forgiveness of our sin. Healing today in Jesus' name. What do you need? What do you need? Do you need healing? Do you need a new job? We fall upon our face at you, Lord. So you can call upon his name word. right now. What is it you need? Word. Family brought back together. What do you need? What do you need? <coughs> oh, you came down from heaven's throne. This earth you formed was not your home. A love like this the world had never known. Hallelujah. The Lamb of God, Jesus. A crown of thorns to mock your name. Forgiveness now.
Except for Gannis. I've asked her to come up here because uh, the Lord gave me a word for her, and she knows better than anybody, probably, that I don't just give a word just because you ask. <laughs> right? Because, I mean, you can, you can go online and probably find somebody that will give you a lie. But I, I'm just going to wait till the Lord tells me, and then I'll deliver a word. And I think that that's this way to do it and um and so i do have i do have a word of the lord for you and i know that this is really going to bless you because it blessed me just receiving the word and um he said that even as a child that he set you apart he set you apart to be sanctified and holy before him and you weren't here to be on this earth to impress (coughs) others you were here only to impress him and that's been your heart's desire all your life. And so where you've been kind of <clears throat> in the background, uh, the Lord is going to bring you to the forefront now. And there's, there's not just one book, but there's books that you're writing that he's going to have you write. And the one that I see, it's, it's just a beautiful cover. And um, I remembered, and this was just brought back to me. I think I remember correctly. You can tell me if I'm wrong. But I remember that um, there was a word one time for somebody, and it was Edelweiss. And you said, I love Edelweiss. The, the, the flower, I love it. And so I saw a lot of Edelweiss, the flowers, that was like in a field on this cover. And it's, it's about sanctification. It's about purity. It's about cleanliness before the Lord. It's about righteousness before the Lord. You're here to be able to bring that message to God's people, especially in these days ahead, that this is what it means to walk holy and sanctified before the Lord because you've lived it. You have persevered in it. You have had figured out how to be sanctified and how to be clean clean before the Lord. Sorry. And so he wants you to begin to write this book. And when you do, you're going to be able to um, be be sought out to be a minister and to be seen, be able to deliver that message. But the main thing that the Lord is going to use you is for healing. There's going to be great healing in these hands um, because this is such a heart's desire because you have longed for the Lord to use you in a greater way. You have longed for him to be able to set you apart, but be out there in the forefront, not just hidden, not just hidden like in the back. He's going to bring you out to the front. And you're gonna. People are gonna come. They're gonna feel the anointing in your hands. You're gonna see miracles. You're gonna see God move in miraculous, mighty ways. And so I just wanted to give you that encouragement word. Thank you. Did you have anything? Somebody else? Since he's not here right now, did this minister to you? Absolutely. Thank okay. You. You're welcome. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I don't know what an Edelweiss flower is, but it was at least what it was seen <clears throat> was shown to me. It's a beautiful, beautiful flower. And it's true. I don't just give a word because someone asks. I will pray about it, and uh, <clears throat> it's, you know, it's in the prophetic. I think we have to be very careful. I know we have to be very careful because especially if we start saying the Lord says, and he didn't, guess what? That curse comes back on you. 
So you better make sure it really is from God before you deliver that word. So I just speak that out to the people watching online too. We can't just be a faucet to whoever somebody asks. I remember there was one um, time we had a a um, so-called prophet coming to the house here, and uh, he was just he was going to give everybody a personal prophecy. I don't remember his name. We don't have to give it, but <clears throat> he was going to give everybody a personal prophecy. And I walked in the back where they were recording him, and I said. He's killing us, Stan. I said, he's just dying out there. He's just, I said, and I wasn't really in agreement for him to come in. <clears throat> doesn't mean that Stan and I always agree on whoever's going to come in and speak for the Prophecy Club or the church. <clears throat> and I, I just was not, he was just not hearing from God. I mean, it was almost like, you know, you're going to Africa, you're going to Africa, you're going to Africa. Everybody's going to Africa. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. Everybody's going to be a prophet. Everybody's going to be a prophet. Something like, it was along those lines, right? And so I said, Fine, God, I'll go rescue him. <laughs> so came out and um, and helped him save face. And so I think that, but you know, the thing is, is that we did reprimand him when we when he we were done. And it's putting it mildly. And uh, he did not receive it, and it's too bad. It's too sad that he did not receive it because if he had received it, I, I truly believe that God would turn it around to where he would hear accurately and he would be able to speak the words. But he was speaking presumptuously. He was speaking what other words people have said. He is speaking what other prophets things he had read and just, you know, just nonsense. So just be very careful, especially if you're going to say the Lord said. Don't You don't even need to. <clears throat> I sense, I feel, I think, I believe. You're still human. So don't don't make the mistake of having a something presumptuously spoken and that curse come back to you and then that thing that you just spoke never come to pass on that person so i just wanted to say that to all those who are listening so hopefully and prayerfully they'll continue to listen this morning hallelujah and you're going to talk on i'm not looking at i haven't looked at it your message is kind of like right you want you want people to walk right with god Okay. Is that right? That's right. Okay. I was trying to turn it off because I didn't want I did, to see that. I didn't that. look up there. I didn't look. So I need to put a <clears throat> blank slide first. <laughs> Lord, I thank you for this man of God. I thank you <clears throat> for my husband. I thank you that he hears from you and he delivers the message that you want him to bring. And Lord, I ask that you just bless him for giving this message, but I also ask that you just bless us for hearing the message. Help us to have spiritual ears to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Great and marvelous are thy works, Lord God Almighty. Just and true are thy ways, thou King of saints. Who shall not fear thee, O Lord, and glorify thy name? For thou only art holy. For all nations shall come and worship before thee when thy judgments are made manifest. From one new moon to another, one Sabbath to another, all flesh shall come to worship before thee. Every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. And Lord, we glorify you this morning and you only do we glorify. And we ask you to help us to purge out the things that the world and the devil has put in our heart to do, especially about this time of the year. Help us to walk clean before you, and do that thing that is pleasing in your eyes. In Jesus' name, amen.
So our topic today is don't do as the heathen do. And our first part of the topic is let's talk about idol. Now this is the participation part and I'm going to ask you to participate this morning. Now it's best if I hear just one person nice and loud give me the answer. Maybe even I'll take two or three answers. So if you will raise your hand. What's an idol? Yes. Anything that distracts you from God? Even sports, they can all be idols. What else? Someone else. What is an idol? Yes. A false god. Yes. Yes. Anything you prioritize above and beyond God's purpose or plan or whatever. Anything that stands between us and God. Now, for our example, in the scriptures, it talks about an idol being something that they actually make. But today, you know, we don't have a whole lot of made idols. But then, we have a lot of idols. So, let me start with this scripture. And in the 20th year of Jeroboam, king of Israel, reigned Asa. Now, Asa was a good king. Forty and one years reigned he in Israel in Jerusalem. And his mother's name was Maaka. I want you to notice. Asa did that which was right in the eyes of the Lord. He took away the Sodomites out of the land. Wow. 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 I'm not moving on until I hear an amen. Amen. Thank you. And removed all the idols. But Maaka, his mother, even her he removed from being queen. Why? That's, you're, you're right. Which means nobody gets to escape walking clean before the Lord, right? They'll get it in a minute, Lord. Amen. Thank Amen. you. Ace's heart was perfect before the Lord all his days. That's what we want. Amen? Amen? Isn't that what the same message was Leslie was bringing this morning? So as we were getting ready and she's doing her hair and I'm brushing my teeth, she's telling me all of the things she's going to tell me and how she preached all night long and everything. And I'm just... <coughs> I'm not saying anything. But same thing she talked on, same thing I'm talking on. In the mouth of two or three witnesses, let a thing be established, right? Maasa was 12 years old when he began to reign. Okay, did you catch that? So her 12-year-old son, when he's made king, removes mom, the queen, because she set up an idol. You know, we need such righteousness in our nation. No, we need such righteousness in our churches. Amen. And did that which was evil in the sight of the Lord... And what they do? Abominations of the heathen. In other words, the nations that God kicked out of Israel and gave to Israel, Israel started doing. What happened? Well, he built high places. All right, now what's a high place? High places. He reared up altars for Baalim and made groves and worshipped all the hosts of heaven. Now, exactly what has gone on here? When they, made, when they, raised, they built again the high places... What they would do is go up to the highest point over the city, and what do they do? They set up an idol, which is probably some kind of a man-made object. 
They reared up altars for Baalim. That meant that they would set rocks and then they would sacrifice to their God. But what's this about made groves? What is that? This is the, raise your hand if you got an answer. What does that mean, raise grove? They had like an area of trees. Area of trees. Okay, yes, someone else. What is groves? Groves. This is the participate part of it. Okay, I think you'll get it here in just a minute. You, you got part of it, but there's more. What did they do with those trees to worship their God? Yes? Yes, they worshipped under the trees. And what did they do under the trees to worship their God? Abominable things. Such as? Danny, what? I said sacrifice. Sacrifice? What else? What's she saying? Oh, they danced to their God? Yes, what else? Yes, yes, yes. You still, there's a major thing you're missing. Okay, all right, let's go on. You'll get it. And what, what is this about worship to all the host of heaven? Fallen angels. Yes, false gods. They actually worship the sun, the moon, and the stars. Ra, the sun god, okay, and then the moon god, which is Allah, okay. They worshiped the host of heaven. They also worship things like the myths, as they called them when I was in junior high school, and they taught about, you know, about Thor, you know, the guy has the big hammer, okay, they make movies about them today. Well, probably that is actually the underworld. Probably those are part of the fallen ones. Do I know that for sure? Probably, but I can't prove it. And what did he do? He built altars in the house of the Lord. Not good altars, bad altars. So what they did was they bring their idols, their groves, and their altars to Baalim, and they brought those in to the church, is the way we would say it today. But in those days, it was the house of the Lord. He built altars for all the hosts of heaven in the two courts of the house of the Lord. That, you know, you're talking about angry. Okay, so God sets, he gives them their land, helps them to build a temple. He puts his name there, literally, the mountains of Israel are in the shape of a sheen, which is his, another way of saying his name. So he put his name there, and they bring in altars and worship to other gods. And he says, I'm a jealous God. I have no other God before me. So is he angry about this? Yes. More than just a little. And he went on to do, he caused the children to pass through the fire. What does that mean? Does that mean that a baby's born and they have a little candle and they go, and that's so bad? No. No, what, what does that mean? They sacrifice. What they would do is they took brass and they made this big bull. This bull held out its hands like this. They would build a fire inside the bull to its rip-roaring fire, and then they would place this newborn baby on the bull's hands and cook it alive. 
That's right. They banged big drums so that mom and dad didn't have to listen to the screams of their newborn children. Oh, but we wouldn't do that in America. But now, I'm for abortion in my state. Okay, wait a minute. That's my point. You're reading me. Yes, that's the point. So, God did not like them bringing in idols, groves, worshiping the host of heaven, causing their children to be burned and cooked alive. And in the valley of the son of Hinnom, he observed times. What is that? That means... Okay, what did God say? It could be spinning something, all kinds of chants to decide what God says. He observed times, used enchantments, used witchcraft. What's witchcraft? Witchcraft, see, there's like sorcery. Okay, what is sorcery? Sorcery is taking the things from the earth to change people. Um, What is, uh, I'm forgetting the other words. Astrology is worshiping the host of heaven and trying to change people based upon, oh, well, this star is moving into that conjunction. So that means, did you know that's the reason we inaugurate our presidents on the day that we do? Because something in the stars said that should be the day? You know, that's the day that determines our Easter, which is Ishtar, which is a pagan holiday. Used witchcraft and dealt with familiar spirits and wizards. He carved an image, the idol which he had made in the house of God. So I think if I were God, putting myself in his shoes, I think I would be pretty angry about that. So the point is today, we should not bring the idols into the house of God. Or our house. Manasseh made Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem to err. And to do worse than the heathen whom the Lord had destroyed before the children of Israel. The Lord spake to Manasseh and to his people that they would not hearken. <laughs> you mean people in, in Israel would not listen to a real prophet of God? Surely people would listen to the warnings of God. For 40 some odd years I've been trying to warn America and trust me they won't listen. So Manasseh, among the, so Manasseh among the thorns and bound him with fetters and carried him to Babylon. So because Manasseh did evil in the sight of the Lord, would not listen when God told him to change. Instead, he put him in fetters and carried him to Babylon. Now, when he was in affliction, this is good. He besought the Lord his God and humbled himself greatly before the God of his fathers. Then Manasseh knew that the Lord, he was God. One of the things I like about you and your family is I see your family. I took a picture. I see you. It made me cry. I see your family and your little children. You come up here and you get on your knees and you worship God. And Leslie came to me and she says, you know, I'm continually amazed with Marcus, with the humble, the gentle spirit he has. Bill.
Okay, so what Bill just said was when Marcus came up to pray, got on his knees here at the altar to pray, he didn't command his children to do. They just followed him up there, all four of them, and prayed with him. As a matter of fact, when he was done praying, I, I saw him get up. It was like he was a little surprised to see him there. He tapped the little girl, and she got up. He tapped another one. That one didn't move. <laughs> tapped it again. Still didn't move. He's like, Dad, I'm not done praying yet. Leave me alone. God is trying to say to the Spirit of Prophecy Church this morning, make certain and get the idols out of your life. Oh, I don't have no idols in my life. Well, let's see about that. So he took away strange gods and the idol out of the house after he had repented. Nevertheless, people did still sacrifice. Oh, here, he repaired the altar of the Lord. So he cleaned up his life. He fixed his life. So yes, what God is saying is that if we're doing some of these things, we need to correct them. Now let's talk about trees or the groves. <clears throat> Hear the word of the Lord. Learn not the way of the heathen. Be not dismayed at the signs of heaven. For one cuts down a tree out of the forest where the work of his hands is workmen, takes an axe, decks it with silver and gold, puts little red and green balls on the trees. Oh, I wouldn't do that. But some of us do. No, I'm not saying here. Maybe some online. Maybe somebody out there. You know, there's churches this morning that have Christmas trees in them. Did that with silver and gold, fastened with nails and hammers that it moved not? What's it talking about? Go ahead. It's, it's, it's not a cuss word. Well, it's pretty close to it, Christmas tree. They put it upright as a palm tree, but God says it can't do evil and it can't do good. The smith with the tongs works the coals and fashions it with hammers and works it with the strength of his arms, makes it out of either cedar, cypress, or oak. He makes a god and worships it. He makes the graven image and he falls down there to it. He makes a god, even his graven image. He falleth down into it and worship it and prayeth into it and saith, Deliver me, thou art my God. They have not known or understood. In the spirit of prophecy, church, we don't do that. Jesus is our God, our only God. Our only God. There's not a number two. Now let's talk about an anagram. Anyone want to guess what's the meaning of an anagram? Yes, sir. Yes, it's a shuffling of letters. The direct interpretation is, if you look in the small white area, it's a word or phrase formed by reordering the letters of another word or phrase, such as satin to main stain. It says a word or phrase formed by rearranging the letters of a different phrase, typically using the original letters exactly once. For example, the word anagram itself can be arranged to nagaram, agagram, <coughs> Nagagram, or binary to be brainy, or adobe to be abode. That's an anagram. Now, what is the anagram for this word? <clears throat> Surely not. So I went to several anagram sites, 
And I type that in. And guess what? The number one interpretation for that is Satan. Now, did they just come up with the word Santa just guessing? Or was it a plan? And was it really another plan to say, really, Santa is really Satan? I forgot to look it up, but there's some very learned people that believe that they have figured out the day that Jesus was really born. And actually, they believe that Christmas is closer to the birthday of Lucifer, not the birthday of Christ. Oh, surely not, Stan. Okay. Well, I remember seeing this when Pope John II died. And I thought, wow, that looks like... Why that... Yeah, that look, wait a minute, why, why is he dressed like, remember, did, did you did you catch that? Wait, 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 why is he dressed like Santa Claus? So yesterday when I'm looking this up, I thought, I wonder if other popes were put in their casket looking like, surely not, because that might mean that maybe, Conspiracy. maybe there's a plan, maybe there's a plan, maybe it's not an accident. So I looked up, and uh, this is, I know, I know you're going to say, oh, well, it's the same one here. No, it's not. This is John Paul II. This is his Morta Giovanni Paoli. This is another pope. Wow. And this is another pope. Wow. And this is another pope, and another pope, and another pope, and another pope. Oh, but the pope is God on earth. Not? Well, which God? Which God? Maybe it's Santa is really... Okay, there's more. Dagon is the fish god. Now the scripture says, I think I put the scripture in here. Let me back up. I want to show you the scripture first. Oh, I guess I didn't. Okay. Well, when the... I know I looked it up. I guess I forgot to put them in here. Anyway, the... uh, the Philistines took the Ark of God. I know I put it in here. I'll show you in a second. And put the Ark of the God in the temple next to the god Dagon, which is the fish god. And the fish god fell down on his face. They set it back up and it fell back down on his face. Now, I want you to look up here. Does this look like a fish? Does that look like a fish? Does that look like a fish? Mm-hmm. See, that's a kind of a fish head there. And that's... uh, We have no other God before us. Right? Now let's talk about... Oh, innocent Holly. Now come on, Stan. Now come on. There's nothing wrong with Holly. No, we've got some Holly growing on our land. But I don't worship. I worship the man that made the holly, right? So I looked it up. You've heard it. Deck the halls with bows of holly. Okay, I moved all. I removed the fala la 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 stuff. It goes on to say, "See the blazing Yule. What's Yule? What's holly? What does all this mean?" Well, this has to do with Christmas. Well, it it might have to do with Satan Christmas, but here's what I looked up. So I looked at Polly. If you'll notice top left corner, this comes from Moonfall Metaphysical website. The witch is Green Alley. 
Harnessing the power of holly in magic and spells. There are churches that put holly up in their churches. There are Christians that put holly up in their homes. What does it say? Well, it says, holly is a versatile plant that has been used in witchcraft for centuries. Yes, let's witch it up, brothers and sisters. No, let's don't. To keep negative energy and evil spirits at bay. And then we wonder why we have problems, okay? Wonder why our kids have nightmares. Holly is often used in division and divination rituals, wands for magical rituals. Did you know the 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 wicked witch of the West or the wicked witch? Yeah, the, excuse me, the good witch of the West. And in, in, uh, see, I knew you'd finish the sentence. I knew you'd finish it. Wizard of Oz. I knew you'd finish it. And it had a wand. Do you know what that wand is made of? You guessed it. You guys are really smart. Holly. Because holly is supposed to change the mind of, the, of people that get hit with the holly. That's why they call it Hollywood. Because Hollywood was set up to change the mind of America. To corrupt us. Come on, Stan. I got the prophet on my side. <laughs> Holly is commonly associated with Yuletide. What, what are Yuletide celebrations? Uh, what book, chapter, and verse in the Bible does it talk about Yuletide celebrations? Well, right where Santa Claus is and also Holly, right? Yuletide celebrations is often used to decorate homes during the... Decorate? No, we don't decorate... It's associated with the winter solstice. The Bible didn't talk about the winter solstice. can be used in a variety of ways, witchcraft, for protection of spells, to love spells. That's right, cast spells on your friends. Holly is a versatile ingredient. Oh, now let's talk about Yule. What's Yule? Uh, well, it's similar to y'all. Y'all's a good word in Texas, but Yule's not a good word. What's Yule? So I looked it up. Guess what? There's websites out there that tell you. They, they openly tell you what Yule is. Wow. So I went to Wiccan Holidays Yule, and it says, Historically, Yule was celebrated by various Germanic and Scandinavian peoples. Skip down. And it is the Norse god Odin, who is also called the Yule Father. He has a long beard, which is potentially what inspired old Saint Nick's appearance. Yule is the only one of the eight Wiccan holidays. The eight festivals on the pagan calendar corresponds to the years of man's solar events. Sam Hain, you know what Sam Hain is? Yeah. I don't know. Help us out. Halloween. Wow. The most wicked day of the year. Sam Hain and Yuletide are perhaps the most important Wiccan festivals on the cycle. So, what we are doing with all of this, deck the halls with boughs of holly and all of this other foolishness, we are singing praises to not our God. We don't want to do holly. We don't do Santa Claus. I don't think we should lie to our children. I'm just telling you. It goes on to say, instead of the singular horned God, 
Wait a minute. Jesus had thorns, but he didn't have no horns. He wasn't the horn god. So who was born on about around the winter solstice? That's the horn god. You guys are really sharp, picking up really, really fast on that. <laughs> horn god, and they believed in the holly king and the oak king. And the holly king is generally described as a woodsy figure dressed in, dressed in red. Oh, surely not. And so that he may another potential origin of the Christian Santa Claus character. You know, I, I want to wash my mouth out. Saying Christian, Santa Claus, Santa Claus ain't Christian, okay? In the Johnson family, we don't put up no Christmas tree. So I looked up horned God. Now take a good look. Those are the pictures when I just typed in horned God. This is the birthday, December 25th, of the horned God. That's your horned God. So when we tell our children Santa Claus brings the presents, see, we stopped doing that years, I don't know, 30, 35 years ago, a long time ago. We seem happy, happy birthday to Jesus. We, we openly say, Jesus, we know this is probably not your birthday. But all of these gifts come from you in your hand, not from Santa Claus. We don't tell them Santa Claus brings the gifts. There's your horned God. So you can pick your horned God. What about, oh, now, Stan, now, you're walking on some really, really touchy area here. I mean, you saying something's wrong with mistletoe? You saying something's wrong with holly now? You saying something with mistletoe? I mean, what's wrong with you? Okay, well, let's look up mistletoe. Same website. Set up your Yule altar. Pine cones, cinnamon, evergreen twigs, bells to ward off evils. What? Bells? How many? I saw, I saw in churches, they have whole services of just bells. Bells are to ward off evil spirits and bad energy. Light and represent traditional Yule colors. What Yule colors? What are Yule colors? Why, that's red and green and gold and white candles. Do we have any red and green and gold and white candles? What are the colors for Christmas? Red and green. You feel like this? You're getting a little toes dumped on there? I remember my mom and dad would drive home from church sometimes on Sunday morning. My mom turned to my dad and say, boy, he was really stomping toes today. <laughs> but hey, if the church doesn't stomp the toes, do you think the devil is? How about the, the school? Oh, the school, straighten them out. Yeah, that's right. Tell them they need to go transgender themselves. So who's got to bring this message? Somebody say the church. Thank you. Offerings of fruits and nuts at your altar. Now I understand why my mom would put out fruits and nuts and, you know, because that was tradition. We didn't know anything bad about it. What's wrong with eating fruits and nuts? Well, this is why. Offerings of fruits and nuts at your altar, fresh oranges and apples, various nuts, mistletoe, You'll have to harvest it from the branch, not the ground, because if your mistletoe touches the ground, it will lose its symbolic properties. Okay, what are the symbolic properties to mistletoe? 
Kissing under the mistletoe originated in the Roman festival of Saturnalia, (laughs) pagan. In England, kissing under the mistletoe took place on Christmas, of course. The man must pick a berry, pick a berry, when the kissing is complete. Once all the berries are gone, there was no more kissing. The mistletoe must then be burned on the twelfth night. Twelfth night! On the... Yeah, on the, on the seventh day of Christmas, which we look up to me. Do you see how much paganism? Has this opened your eyes today? Yes. The mistletoe must be burned on the twelfth night to ensure that those who kissed it would marry. Throughout the Middle Ages, mistletoe was banned by the church. Oh, surely not. That's right, the church has now picked it back up because it was associated with fertility and the fun of debauchery. Now, what's debauchery? Probably six, nine months ago, I was drifting off to sleep one night and I had been studying about the molten calf. Now, you remember the molten calf. Moses came down off of the, the Mount Sinai. He had the Ten Commandments. He looked down and they were worshiping a molten calf. Now that molten was what metal? Gold. Gold. That's right. What did he do? He broke the Ten Commandments because they broke the covenant. They had already broken the covenant. Before he even got down off the mountain with them, they broke the covenant. Now Leslie and I, October the 5th of 2022, I actually climbed Mount Sinai. Not all the way to the top, but I climbed on it. Just down the way, a couple of blocks away from the bottom, we saw what you would call today a billboard. But it's a big, flat rock. Actually, about the size of that screen. I've got pictures. I've showed you the pictures. But essentially, it had... The best way they could tell people in the future of what went on here was they had men with erections. As I was going to sleep about, I don't know, nine months, maybe a year ago, God began to show me what actually they did. Because when Moses got down off of the mountain with the Ten Commandments, the Bible says he commanded all of those people that were for God to get their swords and to go in and to kill all of the people that had worshipped the molten calf. The number was 3,000 people. They didn't put them on trial. They didn't say they might be guilty. They might not be guilty. They have rights. They have right to an attorney. They, they kill them all. 3,000 of them. What did they do that was so bad? So here's what he showed me. Remember the song, and I cannot say that this is exactly what it's saying. Dancing in the moonlight. What they would do is wait until it's a full moon. And then when that full moon arrives, they showed up in front of their molten calf. And the rule is, do as thou wilt. You've heard that. Okay, that's, that's what the devil say. Do as thou wilt. That's their, their first law. So that means that anybody that shows up to worship the molten calf, when the moon comes full, everybody got to take their clothes off. The rule is you get to do anything you want to do to anyone else that attends. But the rest of the rule is you have to allow them to do anything to you that they want to do. See that word debauchery? That's what it's talking about. 
Now, where did the molten calf come in? What, what, what about all this making the children pass through the fire? Well, that was lots of fun, they thought the first night. But guess what happened about nine months later? Now these women start showing up with babies. I don't know whose baby this is. I don't know who I was with that night. Well, let's just sacrifice it to the molten calf. That's passing your baby. We Christians, we don't do that. We don't get anywhere close to it. Amen. But wait a minute, Stan. I, I, don't, I don't do that. Okay. Then that means we don't take the first step. If you don't take the first puff, you don't have to worry about smoking cigarettes. If you don't take the first drink, you don't have to worry about becoming a drunk. Mr. So was banned by the church because it associates with fertility and debauchery that goes with it as a substitute, Holly was suggested. Even as late as the 20th century, some churches did not allow people to wear mistletoe to services. What it's really doing is trying to get permission to have sex with them. That's what it... Mistletoe. Mistletoe good? Mistletoe not good. Mistletoe... <laughs> nothing wrong with mistletoe, nothing wrong with Holly. But it's what we do with it. He went on to say, Christmas, the winter solstice, a custom of... Harvesting mistletoe and kissing underneath is a survivor of the ancient Druidic fertility rites. The hero, I can't say that word, Ananus, picked up a golden bow of mistletoe at the gate of the underworld, which ensured his safety as he went through it. Balder, the north god of the light and joy, was slain by spear of mistletoe, who was thrown by Hodor at instigation of Loki. You've heard of those, right, in some of the, the Marvel movies, okay, Loki? God of darkness and evil. In Sweden, mistletoe is, is sacred to Thor, the god of thunder. All of this is pagan stuff. <clears throat> and I also noticed on the website, you can buy books to understand more, like Wicca Book of Herbal, Herbal Spells, The Witchcraft and Poison Path. Sad to say, they're probably selling a lot. It goes on to say, and you can get other books to read in our library. How many down? Oh, an incense Bible. Yes, the incense Bible here. It's not God. We don't, Christians don't burn incense. Wait a minute. They did in the Bible. Yep. But there's not a place in the New Testament where they talk about it. Okay, let's go on. Thus saith the Lord God, learn not the way of the heathen, be not dismayed, in other words, be not impressed with the signs of heaven, nor the heathen are dismayed at them, or impressed with them. For, as you have drunk upon my holy mountain, so shall all the heathen drink continually, yea, they shall drink, and they shall swallow down, and they shall be as though they had not been. In other words, God burns them all up. Turn ye not unto idols, nor make to yourselves molten gods, I and the Lord your God. Take heed to thyself, lest thou make a covenant with the inhabitants of the land, whither thou goest, lest it be for a snare in the midst of thee. But you shall destroy their altars, break their images, and cut down their Christmas trees. Their groves. For thou shalt worship no other God, for the Lord God whose name is Jealous is a jealous God. And I laughed when I heard this. A 40-mile-an-hour wind blew over the national Christmas tree. Or the hand of God knocked it over. 
Leslie says, God blew. And there's the scripture I talked about earlier, so I'll move on. Destroy their altars, break down their images, cut down their groves, burn their Christmas trees with fire. And thou art a holy people in the Lord thy God. He's chosen thee to be a special people. That's talking to the Jews specifically, but also us that are grafted in. Thou shalt not plant the a grove of trees anywhere near the altar of God. In other words, a Christmas tree is not supposed to come anywhere close to the church. Neither shall thou set up any other image which the Lord thy God has forbidden. The children of Israel did that evil inside the Lord. Forgot the Lord, America, served Balaam, the, the molten calf, and the gro- groves. Therefore the anger of the Lord was hot against Israel, and he sold him into the hand of his enemies. For the Lord shall smite Israel with a reed, as a reed shaken in the water. In other words, just like that. He'll just shake a nation. Which he gave to their fathers, he shall scatter them beyond the river because they have made Christmas trees, provoking the Lord. So, there's the scriptures. If there is someone in the room or someone online that has stepped across the line, maybe innocently, maybe you've done some of these things, guess what? The blood of Jesus is still there. He still has the power to forgive sins. He still will forgive. He wants to forgive. But the Bible says, if we are faithful, if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. So, <clears throat> assuming the worst, because I think all of us at one time in our life have stepped into some of this time. You know, we've all held mistletoe and said, what was that? I remember opening my packages that Santa Claus brought. And I loved that bicycle I got. We've all stepped into this at one time or another. So I'm going to ask everybody to pray this simple repentance prayer with me, especially you folks online here too. Let's say it. Bow our heads, close our eyes. Dear Heavenly Father, Dear Heavenly Father I admit, I admit, I've done things that are wrong. Some of these pagan practices. I ask you to forgive me. Wash me clean. And put my name in the book of life. And keep it there. In Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. If you just prayed that prayer, just ask Jesus into your heart for the first time, send us an email to that email address. And also, if you're watching online or even in the room, you can become a ministry member. Bottom left, about three-quarters of the way down, go to prophecyclub.com or spiritofprophecychurch.com and uh, click on becoming a ministry member. And also, you can go to the bottom and click on that donate box down there. Oh, well, wait a minute. I'm watching online. I don't have to donate. I walked by the Salvation Army people ringing the bell. I assume it's a good organization. And I believe in helping the poor. I believe in helping people that are hurting. But I wanted my money to go to places that I know are God. So no, we don't have to give every place where we're asked. But God says if we'll give, He'll get back, press down, shaking together, running over. 
Also, if you're watching online, click like, share, and subscribe. It'll help the algorithm send it out to more people. And if you have prayer requests, come on up. Be happy to pray for you. Leslie and I would be happy to pray for you.